Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Pat's pals and Foxborough friends, we welcome you back to another exciting and information-packed episode of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by your friends at WEEI, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. I'm your old pal, Nick Fitzy Steven, joined as always by Andy Jumbo Hart and Chris Shime Time Shime. On today's podcast, you're going to get some firsthand analysis from one Jumbo Hart who attended day one, June 7, 2022, of mandatory veteran mini camps at Gillette Stadium today for the New England Patriots. We're also going to get later on in the program a little bit of the listener mail, as always, plus a little Patriots potpourri, the floating news, notes, and nuggets out there in the worldwide Patsosphere. Good afternoon, gentlemen. No need to get to the whole how are you routine. Let's get right down to it. Andy, you had eyes on the ground there for us today outside Gillette. What did you see? Who impressed you? And who makes you make Andy Hart sounds? Ugh. Well, no, there was actually an Andy Hart sound that was like, ooh, and it, uh, and I know that's strange to say, um, but it was a first visualization of number 59 in your program, but mm. number one in your heart. Sam Roberts, their rookie draft pick defensive lineman, is absolutely effing massive up close. So I want to set the scene. We are at Gillette Stadium. We're at the south end of the field, but we're not on the usual double training camp practice field for this camp. We right. are that's on the, that's the one on like sort of like the backside or wherever, like where everyone is in August. And yes, no, yeah, we're the okay. one down a notch. It's like gotcha. 50 feet below sea level down a little bit. The old mm -hmm. revs practice field where the heliport is, where the helicopters land yep. down in that area. So it's a smaller field. So we were kind of doing press conferences right on the end of it where there are various uh, blocking dummies and pads and things are. So we're waiting to do Belichick's press conference and some of the D linemen come down and they're hitting these little one man uh, dummies and sleds and they're doing drills. And like I've been Dietrich wise, he's a big guy. Like he look, he fills out the uniform, all those things like these very Lawrence guy comes down and then Sam Roberts comes down. And I'm telling you, he is a badass looking mofo. I don't know. So if he like can play. we're talking We're talking like striking as in like. Wow, I was not prepared for what a massive figure of humanity you are. Yes, and as a defensive lineman, not fat, fills mm -hmm. out the jersey. Remember, these are still non-contact, so he just had like a jersey and shorts on or whatever. Um, but that was my very first initial takeaway, waiting at around 11.30 for Bill Belichick to speak, that keep an eye on Sam Roberts. Don't know if he can play, but he's a bus guy. You get him off the bus first, and he'll scare the other team. 
Now, Andy, I believe he what was taken in a sixth round. I think, Sean. Yeah, That's what I was, was going to say. Like okay. out of like south, like a, an obscure, like yeah, one of those northwestern, southeastern Missouri something state somewhere. Northwest okay. East Alabama, South Dakota, Carolina University. Right. They've had success but, but in some of those. In that particular like D two school that he played at, though, I believe he was defensive player of the year or one best lineman. Like had a sterling track record. Just oh, yeah, no, he's good. Yeah, he, he has good talent. Yeah. He's like a lot of these other guys, though, that the jump in competition, the opportunities, we'll see where it all goes. So my my real takeaway of the day, the yes. first thing that I think we need to talk about is Isaiah Wynn was on the field. Nikhil Harry, some of the other guys that we hadn't seen, Matt Judon, on the field. But where Isaiah Wynn was was interesting. Isaiah Wynn, through every drill that I saw that involved a team and an offensive line, was at right tackle. Yes, your Isaiah Wynn, who's been a left tackle. Some people want him to be a guard. He was solely at right tackle. Left tackle was Trent Brown's dealing with something based on the, the, the work I saw him doing with the trainers, maybe a groin muscle pull, something like that. Um, Trent Brown was out there a little bit, not a ton. And then you had Yadni Kajust at left tackle. And Justin Heron was rotating in after Win at right tackle. But Win. I don't remember Wynn playing a whole hell of a lot of right tackle, and certainly not last year. I think his very first year, he may have done some in the preseason before he got hurt. I'm not even 100% sure on that, but I think it's interesting. We've talked about, I don't know anybody that said, oh yeah, just move Wynn to right tackle. Like all these theories I've heard, it's Trent Brown's your left tackle, move Wynn into guard, maybe put on Wenu at right tackle where he right. has plenty of experience. So I would pose it up to the fellas. Thoughts on Isaiah Wynn being your $10 million starting right tackle for a year? I like it a lot more than Isaiah Wynn, my starting left tackle for a year. So okay. in my head, like, I think that's an okay move. Like, I think Trent Brown at left tackle is the spot that makes the most sense, right? He is easily the best left tackle you have on this team at the moment. So uh, Isaiah Wynn at right tackle is fine, especially if you're going to be running the football. I think he can at least be of some use. I think right tackle, especially nowadays in the NFL, is far more important than people, <laughs> Andy, give it credit for. Um, and so I think Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn can be useful at right tackle. And he's also less exposed uh, not being on Max, Mac Jones' blind side. Yeah, see, I'm, I only care about making sure that Trent Brown is healthy. You tell me Isaiah Wynn is at right tackle. Interesting development. Much rather have him over there than I would at left tackle. Mac Jones's blind side is paramount to every other spot along the offensive line. And putting the largest amount of veteran strength and humanity that you can there in the form of all 365, uh, air quotes, all 450 pounds of Trent Brown there, keeping him healthy and, and on those toothpicks and those calf muscles that have been so balky the last couple of years. That's the most important thing. And yeah, Shime, good point. I don't think you expose Isaiah Wynn as much. I still do. I still would rather see Wynn, who just naturally seems the size of a contemporary guard kicked into left guard. You put Cole Strange over right or flip them, whatever works best. And then, yeah, give Mike on Wenyu, who seemed to get a little overwhelmed and wasn't quick enough at the guard spot in 2021, a chance at right tackle where he surprisingly flourished whenever given an opportunity there. So, Shime, interesting you bring up the idea of the fit over there, run the football. Now, we've had some discussion of are the Patriots trending towards a zone-based team, some of those wide zone plays. Maybe you want a more athletic right tackle to get out on those plays, get wide yep. in, in that action. And we know a lot of teams are right-handed. 
I know they don't want to be like that, but they play right-handed. They run that zone out there on the right tackle. Just, just a thought. So I, I think that's worth saying. Fitzy, the health of Trent Brown, I don't know how you cannot be um, concerned or prepared to be concerned with Trent Brown. He's really had one healthy year. It was a couple of years ago in New England. He played left tackle, and that was great. Mm-hmm. But before that and since that, he really hasn't been healthy, and therefore the odds are he is going to be banged up, dealing with muscle issues at some point if he already is. And I feel like this offensive line right now, kind of a house of cards, <laughs> like or Jenga, backyard Jenga, and some Pull idiot, out, about, all just some guy who's apart, had right? too many beers is about to take out the lowest block, and he's like shaking all over the place as he pulls uh, but out. But who's the block. that one then that's going to be Shime? If we're going to go with the uh, backyard, oversized, you know, brewery-sized Jenga that the family likes to rally around after a couple wobbly pops. Who's the one piece that you take out and it all falls down? Is it Trent Brown? I mean, I guess that would be the default the default answer, given that it goes up all, by almost two yards a carry whenever he's in there. Yeah, I mean, that seems like the guy, right? He's he's probably he's arguably your best run blocker. He's your best pass blocker. Uh, outside of outside of Trent Brown, I think the next best answer would be David Andrews, right? Yes. I think pulling him out would literally just bring everything crumbling to the ground because I think over the years we've seen Tom Brady, center is a far more important to that offensive line than a lot of people normally expect it to be, right? I think the communication between the center and the quarterback is one of the most important things, at least in this offense, that we've seen in past years. Oh, hell and, yeah. so, and so I think those would be the two guys. If either of them got hurt, Oh boy, this offensive line could be in shambles. But at the okay. same time, though, doesn't don't the Patriots have like five guys that might be backup centers at this point? You got like uh, Cody Russi, who they gave the most might guaranteed the money to. Uh, yeah, James Ferrans could play. Like Andy, you're making that. Oh, but please, Fitzy face. Uh, if you have five, you have none. You you know what I mean? Like, there's a number of guys that could play back there as well. Hey, listen, I would like to see David Andrews be available for 18 weeks and start all 17 games and then hell maybe into uh, into January and February as well. But like, to me, it's Trent Brown and beyond. And don't forget Isaiah Wynn grades out so much higher as a pass, as a run blocker than a pass blocker on the offensive line. So that could be a hand tip right there as well. Yeah. I just, to me, they're undermanned there and they already have questions about health because Andrews is coming back from an off season procedure. He's still not a full go. Um, he's kind of doing conditioning with the, um, injured or rehabbing group with Trent Brown and others. So uh, moving on to, I would say, the physically most impressive person executing his job on the field on Tuesday. Say it. Jake Bailey. Uh, oh, really? Absolutely MFing bombs. Hammers. Uh, uh, there were some people recording um, hang times. They were all in like the 5.5 to six second mm. range. Uh, it was on track here. It was only like a, whatever. Heard the heard the criticisms. Heard people trying to run him out of the town because he makes too much money because he made a Pro Bowl and makes 3.9 million. My theory here is he was on the injury report last year, and we're going to find out at some point he played through some significant pain and limitations physically like a grade two hamstring or maybe a slight groin tear or something whatever it was i think he was listed with a knee doesn't mean it was a knee but whatever um i think you're gonna find out he played he was absolutely crushing the ball today crushing it like you hear about and again it's shorts it's mini camp so there aren't a lot of jobs where everybody's allowed to actually do it full go the punter is one of those uh very impressive 
equally as impressive in some ways, I would say. Your quarterback. There I thought your is. quarterback, Mac Jones, looked really good today, both in terms of throwing the football. Play of the day was probably a uh, a deep ball to Trey Nixon down the uh, left sideline beating Jonathan Jones, kind of a go-get-it kid, and the kid went and got it. Good coverage. It's not like he toasted Jonathan Jones. You're a good veteran corner. Jones was there. He just dropped it in the bucket. Good throw. But equally as important from my eyes is a continuation of what we talked about last week. I believe it was at OTAs or two weeks ago. His demeanor, his air, his telling everybody exactly where. Nelson Aguilar, that's not where you're supposed to be. Um, you know, Tyquan Thornton, you're not supposed to be there. Or you're supposed to be there, but a second. Like he very detailed oriented leadership that you're seeing from Mac Jones. Um, this is Mac Jones's offense right now. Yeah, see, I am all for it. You know, I'm here for the big Mac Jones 2.0 leap. Mac Jones season upon us. And there are doubters and detractors as well with good cause. Understandably. So I just believe that the Patriots trust his intellect and his ability, like you were just pointing out to be able to run the offense, get them in and out of the right place, tell people where to go. And then I was so happy to read from some of uh, your colleagues and our Patriots pals, your Jeff Howes, Zach, Co Zach Cox's, and, and et cetera, what was that? Say, saying that, uh, you know, from Nesson, Zach Cox, bearded gentleman, recently married, excellent follow. You know Andy Hawks. Honestly, can we just please continue with the podcast, please? There might be children listening or at least children participating. His name is Zach Cox. I, right. All right. Already. When you hand the, me the reins and I tell you to pipe down, then pipe down. It's now, a big the point part of the beat. All right. The point being that <laughs> the point being, Oops. they all made note of the zip on the ball, plenty mm. of zip on the ball. But that that's the, predictable. I told you I that. I know, but the added. I okay, told you. Okay, we I know get, you said that. That's going to get jammed down about, our throats. Oh, yeah. All right. The choice ball, of words, we considering who we're talking about. Stop it. The point being, Andy, jeez. Oh, God, you were but, waiting but you all day it? for this. Do this you is what happens it? when he's trapped with adults all day long. And he's like, I just can't wait to get back to the sandbox with Shime and Fitzy. It's true. No, I do it's believe true. that because if he adds 10, 12 pounds and cuts down on the baby fat, cuts down on the double stuffs and the nutter butters and actually starts eating adult performance athletic food and, and works with Tom House in the offseason, that you are going to see a market improvement on his fastball and his ball placement. And then he's able to go downfield deep and sneak one in between D-Mac and John Jones. Yes, I know it's shorts and shells. It doesn't matter that much. At the same time, nice progress. Good start. Well, I, the one thing I'd say is deep balls down the left side have been a problem for him and his targets. All the way back to last preseason, there's been balls lost in the lights, guys dropping balls. Like, it just, for whatever. The 10-yarder he overthrew Hunter Henry on in that game, either like, against Tennessee or Cleveland. Yep. Just Woof. a hole in their team swing. And so to and and I will say Nixon stepped up um, attendance wise. I mentioned some of the guys that were out there who hadn't been previously the Judons of the world, the winds of the world, the Harry's of the world. One guy not out there. And Bill Belichick did say he had spoken with everyone who wasn't there. And they sounded he, he called them excused absences. Kendrick Bourne was not on the field. And it looked to me like Nixon was getting some Bourne reps with certain groups and getting a, an opportunity. And I'll tell you, I, I thought he did a pretty good job. I thought he he looked – he didn't look out of place. I'm not saying, yeah. oh, he's going to be a star and look out, Bourne, you lost your job. Way to Wally Pippet. No, 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 no. I'm just saying he looked like he was fine competing out there. Um, the biggest takeaway beyond those, mm -hmm. the defense was competing. 
the defense was at a higher level than the offense for whatever that's worth. And I don't want to get into a discussion about that on the first day of minicamp. No, but they had a little, um, they had a little edge to them, a little bee in their bonnet. Uh, Jack Jones made a tackle um, at one point, which obviously you're not supposed to tackle, which drew the ire of the receivers and the receivers coach. And then the very last play of practice, actually, um, we had a fumble. I think it was Christian Wilkerson fumbled and on a high tackle again, actually. DB was kind of around his neck. Ball pops out. Judon goes to recover it. Cole Strange kind of went equally and kind of into Judon's knee. It was a uh, hey. all the coaches are yelling, stay up, stay. And and it actually led to a little skerfuffle. I don't want to say like all oh, the benches cleared and they were fighting, but there was some some pushing, some shoving, some grabbing. Um, so there was definitely it's not supposed to be a competitive camp. Obviously, it's a teaching camp as Bill beats us over the head with all the time. But the defense was bringing it a little bit, uh, I thought, which I think hmm. is a good thing. I'd like yeah. to hear that there's some chippiness this early yeah. on. Yeah, you always want that, especially with a guy like Jack Jones or Jack Jones and Cole Strange. Two rookies need to mm-hmm. make a name for themselves, get themselves established within the organization. I think that's fine. And Cole Strange, who a lot of people want to paint as Logan Mankins 2.0, not the worst thing for his sort of narrative and reputation to be involved in a little skerfuffle, not afraid to to ruffle feathers. Oh, also, India, I just want to ask you your takeaway. Like you were so impressed size-wise by uh sam roberts when he walked on the field first visual impression of cole strange nondescript just there yeah just there i big, mean he just big looks person like, uh, yeah but not huge just sort of a typical uh, i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but like white line. country strong offensive lineman like sure just i would say nondescript he's got an interesting personality that i think we'll learn um, both on the field and off the field over time. Like he was talking about his fine dining last week at five guys that he really likes going to five guys. <laughs> it's my, it's my nine-year-old's favorite place. So are we, it's uh, a good place. I don't think Ted great, Harper. Ted are you kidding? The large like bag of fries Cajun style is like one of the greatest. It'll feed fi- a family of four. No problem. Delicious bag. So of fries. good. Shime, you had a point before we wrap up. Oh uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I just, I just think too, uh, we had mentioned that the Patriots may be shifting to that offensive zone run game kind of thing uh if that is the case i actually think cole strange fits a little bit better than uh normally thought i think he's because of that athleticism in that offensive system you need guys who can move i think that's a reason why he would actually make a little bit more sense in that system not to derail us i'm just going to say one thing Shaq mason could move too okay move on all right you made your point point. i'm glad you you've satisfied yourself you put a little feather in your own very tiny actually large cap that goes on your big head and now you're making bizarre gestures that belong in a terrible episode of the three stooges you can see it one day when you're able to watch us on youtube coming soon to a computer screen near you but we're so happy to be between your ears right now at six rings pod on twitter rate subscribe review share with your friends holler at us at jimbo heart at shime time and of course at fitzy gfy Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.